Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This week on the podcast, we have a new friend joining us. and I'm so excited to welcome her, to have her join the podcast family. Her name is Nicole Braddock Broomley. She is an advocate for human trafficking. She is just, you're going to love her. I cannot wait for you to hear her story and how God is using her testimony of what she went through to impact others for his kingdom. So y'all, after a word from our sponsor, tune in to hear her story of how God used a crazy situation to change others' lives for his kingdom. Friends, we have two incredible sponsors that make this ministry happen One of those incredible sponsors is Dwell Bible. Dwell is an incredible resource that you can use to increase your daily scripture reading. You can have scripture read aloud to you. You can have scripture enhance your devotional time. However you best consume the Bible, Dwell is that resource that you can use to enhance your time with Jesus. We recommend Dwell. You can click our link to get a percentage off your monthly subscription to dwell as a resource and comes as a little app on your phone how incredible is that one of our other affiliate partners for the podcast is better help if you are somebody that struggles with your mental health better help is a great tool for you there are licensed professional mental health therapists that are ready to talk to you any time of day Whether you are a believer or you are a non-believer, there is a therapist right there ready for you that is a Christian therapist or just a generalized therapist. They want to help you. So click the link to get 10% off your first month of therapy. Welcome onto the podcast. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of share a little bit about what you do with everybody and just introduce yourself. Okay. Well, I am I'm an author, I'm an activist, I'm a speaker, um, I'm a mom. <laughs> so I feel like I'm kind of spread through lots of different things, balancing a lot. But I think as far as ministry goes, I have been speaking on like college campuses and conferences and churches for over 20 years now on the topic of sexual abuse. And I share my story um, and I have just really found the power of our voice and the importance of being in safe spaces where we can talk about the hard things. And that's been really important to me for the last couple of decades. And then um, after I've been speaking for, I don't know, probably maybe 10 years or so, I had a couple of books out and I was meeting a lot of trafficking survivors. And we'll probably unpack that a little bit, but that then kind of propelled me into an anti-trafficking work that I've now been doing um, since early 2010s, I'd say the teens. And um, that's been a really um, great work. And um, it's taken me all around the world to do a lot of work um, in brothels, but also here in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and working a lot with the women um, here who've been exploited. So that's a little bit in a nutshell. Yeah, well, you are obviously so busy. You're there's always something for you to do. So what is just something that keeps you present? during your current day that day to day that you're living in because you always have stuff going on so what keeps you present that's a really great question it's actually something I've been pressing into a lot lately I have 
a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler. Oh so I feel like with my kids at all these different ages, plus the ministries that I'm running, it's something you have to find your grounding or you're yeah. going to lose your mind. <laughs> so for Absolutely. me, you know, and avoiding burnout too, you know, I've been, again, I've been doing this ministry since I was 21 years old and I'm 43. So half of my life, I've been doing this work in ministry. That's not easy. And I've seen so many of my friends in the field burning out. And what I've watched is that they don't take time to create, you know, like a daily routine. I think that's been really helpful to me. Um, obviously, solitude, you know, spending time with yeah. the Lord. Um, and a really big one has been for me, tightening my circle. And what I mean by that is really noticing the relationships in my life that are energizing and the ones that are draining and really, you know, noticing in my body, being connected to my own body and noticing when I need to go towards my more energizing relationships, the ones that are giving me life as well. And so that's been, a, you know, a journey, but I think um, I'm getting better at it now. And it's what has allowed me to continue to do ministry. Otherwise, I mean, I think I'd be done by now. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that's so good. I think the element of like a routine and just getting yourself grounded before you start all of the ta the tasking things for your day, because that right. can, it can all like get crazy. Yeah, there's too much to do. And I think if you don't prioritize yourself, you know, they say when you get on the airplane, you know, give yourself the air first, get your mask on first before you help others. And I think for a long time, I felt like it was like a calling as a Christian to help everybody else. And I was, I was out of oxygen. And so it was something I had to figure out. And I think um, we all do, we all need to understand, even just, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, like these are things you've got to, you've got to take care of you in order to be healthy enough to take care of everybody else. And that's an important priority. Absolutely. For sure. Um, what is just, you have an incredible story. Um, that's kind of how I first heard of you, heard of your ministry was through your story. Um, what, with your story, just kind of share a little bit about what you've been through, the journey that you've been on to this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that. You know, I, my story kind of goes back to childhood um, to kind of put our conversation into context a little bit. You know, I grew up in a small Midwest American town. Almost everyone knew each other in our town. You know, it was that type of place. And for those who knew me, I think a lot of people considered me like a poster child of our little community. I was, you know, I was good in school. I got straight A's. I was popular. I had lots of friends. I was a good athlete. I was the captain of like all the teams I ever played. And, you know, I just kind of got along well with everyone. I was a homecoming queen and, and all of these things on the outside looked really ideal, I think. Um, but truly that was like a mask that was covering up so much pain and shame, confusion um, that was going on the inside. And that was a result of having been sexually abused by my stepfather, who was very well known and loved in our town, you know, um, and I was afraid to tell I was afraid. I was afraid to let that secret out, you know, I, I finally did find the courage to tell when I was 14. And this was after 
about a decade of having been abused in my own home and feeling like I wasn't allowed to to tell anybody about this and and being very confused too you know no one ever talked about something like abuse when I was little so I didn't really have the language for what was going on with me and um but I finally did find the courage to tell my mom and I'm grateful that through my mom she did believe me and did the right thing and like reporting it and everything but um my story kind of comes to another abrupt shift when one week later my stepdad then took his life and I kind of was left with these you know the shattered mess of of a life I thought I had created this perfect childhood for myself on the outside and then for me to then tell about what I was going through it then sort of felt like I had ruined everything and um I guess the next part of my journey then was about really understanding it wasn't my fault um, and, and walking on that healing journey, finding the support I needed and continuing to learn about myself and my faith and yeah, what it looks like to have gone through trauma and not let it be your identity. Yeah. Well, I just, I know from uh, just seeing what you've done through the years, it's, it's incredible to see the impact that, um, sharing your story has given to people. It's given life. It's giving hope. It's, just it's given freedom to people going through the same thing so I mean thanks for saying that yeah and I do think that as hard as it has it has been to talk about the worst thing that ever happened to me (laughs) in front of thousands of people that is the payoff Megan the payoff Mm -hmm. is knowing that it is setting other people free and I think that's the power of testimony that's the power of storytelling and Mm -hmm. allowing other people to say wow, like, you know, me too. Um, and, and to be able to use my words to make it easier for someone else, I call it the gift of going second. You know, if you or I can tell about this hard thing that we've struggled with or gone through, someone else in the room who's also experiencing that, they don't have to now say the whole thing, right? They can yeah. kind of just say, wow, like, I really relate to that. And I think that God meets us in that moment. I really do. I think that... I think that the healing journey begins the moment that we sort of identify what we've gone through. And and it doesn't have to be this whole long 30 minute monologue or, you know, an announcement in some sort of way. Sometimes it just is simply you and the Lord in a, in a, in a sea of people listening to someone tell their story. And you're like, that's my story. I think that God meets us there. And that's where our healing journey can begin. As simple as that. Absolutely. Um, how did uh, just your organization, One Voice for Freedom, how did that all start for you? Yeah, so One Voice for Freedom is the anti-trafficking nonprofit that I sort of started in um, 2014. And that was on the heels of a trip that I took to Cambodia um, with Life Today, a TV show out of Dallas. Yes. And so I was invited to be sort of like on camera interviewing girls um in brothels in Cambodia and it was I was already in the work I was already doing the work I was I was I was just in relationship with survivors here in the states who had talked with me about their stories of trafficking and that they related to my story because I always talk about how I wanted to run away as a kid I always wanted to I dreamt of it I planned it out but I never did it 
And so these survivors of trafficking were saying, Nicole, it was the same thing as me, but I did run away. And that's when I ran right into the arms of someone who I thought was going to be the answer to my dreams, but ended up being my worst nightmare. I was then trafficked, trafficked after running, running away from an abusive home. And so it's like the story gets worse for them. And so that's where my heart really was like, I want to be a voice for them too. And because I understood the vulnerabilities that were there in my story, I didn't know it at the time, but as a child who was abused in my own home, fantasizing about running away, I was a child at highest risk in America of being groomed by traffickers. And so that's where it all started in my heart. And my friends at this um, TV show knew about that. And so that's why they invited me to go to Cambodia and to do the work there. And I came back, <laughs> I came back with a shattered heart. I was just it was like, do you know what it's like when you wish that you can unknow something? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's how it was. It was like, well, now that I know, I can't unknow. Yeah. And I have to be a part of the solution. And then I do as hard as that is, you know, it's so easy to put our heads in the sand about all of these kinds of topics and just pretend like life's great. But truly, there's a lot of injustice in the world. And it's like, I wish that more people didn't want to just pretend it away because the more people that really do want to be a part of the, of a solution, I think we get closer to a solution. And so I came back from that, like, okay, <laughs> I want to do something to make a difference. And so that's where one voice for freedom was born because I was meeting these girls and hearing their stories, you know, young little 12 year old, 14 year old girls who were sold by their families but unknowingly their families didn't know their families were being lied to. They were, they were having these people that would come to their village. They were so poor and they would hear stories about, you know, we'll take your daughter and we'll, we'll, you know, give her an education. We'll teach her how to be a waitress. We'll, you know, she'll have all these opportunities and money and it'll be the best thing for her. And these families believed it. They aren't selling them because they don't love them. They're selling them because they do love them. <laughs> but they don't know that's what they're doing. And so what it became for me was like, when God breaks your heart for something, I believe that's where the light comes in. That's where God will fill you with a vision of how you can be a part of the solution. And so it was there in my brokenness that I saw if we could beat these traffickers to the villages they're targeting, educate them, we will prevent child sex slavery. And so that's where it started. And I would just... I was going back, you know, every year before the pandemic and meeting lots and lots of villages and teaching them the tricks of the traffickers and um, resourcing them to save a lot of kids from ever being sold. So that's wow. where it all started. <laughs> that's that's incredible, though. It's incredible to see, you know, how God continued to, he expanded your territory, how he continued to grow and expand your ministry right. to further than you probably ever imagined, ever thought that you'd ever go. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Now, how can people just in their everyday lives, just spread awareness about, you know, mm. whether it's human trafficking or whether it's just like, if they're a victim of just an abuse situation, how can they be aware of it? How can they find freedom in their mm. situation? Yeah. Well, those are really great questions. I think First and foremost is, you know, having 
a humble heart to be able to listen. I think listening to those who've gone through these types of situations is the gold mine. I mean, we have a lot, especially in the church, a lot of savior complexes and people who want to be heroes and truly the heroes are always the survivors. And so I think listening to the stories, reading the stories of those who've gone through abuse or trafficking or any type of injustice that you're interested in being a part of changing, um, it's listening to those who've gone through it. And I also think, you know, being willing to bring in those voices to your community, your mom's group, your small group, your school, your child's school, you know, having people to speak and share experience is one of the best ways of teaching and learning. And I think if we're not learning, we're not growing. Um, so I just think that's the number one thing. And then for those who've gone through, you know, something similar maybe to my experience, I would just say that healing is a lifelong journey. It begins with sharing your secret and it can be finding one person that you trust and it can start there. And just to know that it's never your fault and you're never alone. That's, I, I love that. And I think that will impact so many people just like it's our, just like your message has already done for so many. Now, if people want to hear you speak, if people have enjoyed what the conversation that they will listen to and will continue to listen to, um, where can they go to keep up with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say first, um, my main website is IamOneVoice.org. And it's all spelled out, IamOneVoice.org. And you'll find information about my speaking. You can hire me straight from the page. Um, I also, during the pandemic, launched a eight-week support group um, that's virtual. And I lead these groups. It's, um, it's a survivor cohort. So those who have experienced any type of sexual trauma, sexual violence, sexual abuse, you're invited to join us. I, there's, they're very small. Um, we have less than eight participants each time. And we meet weekly and there's videos you watch each week. There's journal prompts. And then we get together for one hour every week and we just kind of have community. And it's probably the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. I love it. It is so amazing. We have people from all over the world who meet um, with us and it's just such a sacred, safe space. Just it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I just love it so much. So it's called Unleash. And you can find out about that on the website. And then um, also my books are there as well. But if you want to find more information on One Voice for Freedom, there's a link from that page as well. It looks like a little lotus flower. And that website is One Voice, the number four, freedom.org. Friends, thanks so much for listening and tuning into the podcast today. If you want to keep up with everything Nicole's doing, go ahead and follow her on social media. Check out her website. Don't miss a single beat of what she's up to and how she's impacting the kingdom with her story. If you want to keep up with everything we're doing, you can follow us on social media at This Day Ministries. I pray that you know that you are so, so loved.